everybody, and welcome to another episode of Manolder of the Podcast. This week, we are discussing... Um, Knives Out. Knives Out. A new, <laughs> a new, a new release. The film uh, was directed by Ryan Johnson and stars Daniel Craig and Chris Evans and Anna Darmus. Why can't I remember everyone's name? I was going to say, you did this so well at the end of the last episode. (laughs) Just copy and paste that. Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Anna DeArmas, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, Don Johnson, Tony Collette, Lakeith Stanton. Oh, I left out Michael Shannon last time. Catherine Lee Patterson. Jaden Martell. A lot of really good people. This is another detective tale from um, Ryan Johnson. He (laughs) Brick was his directorial debut. But this is that was more of a, a play on the noir genre. This is a play on um, who done it, like who done it, Agatha Christie, who done it kind of thing. Ben reviewed this for the site, so I'm gonna let him do a quick take, and then I will quickly disagree with him, <laughs> even though he liked the movie. Go, Ben. Yeah, so I gave it three and a half out of five. I thought it was good. I think the first half hour is incredible. Like some of the best. Like, some of the best stuff I've seen in any movie this year. Uh, I think after that first half hour, it, it doesn't capitalize on the cast that it has. It stops using this this huge group of people, very talented actors, and tells a story that's enjoyable, lots of fun. But also, I could kind of see a lot of it coming here and there. And it just, I don't know, like, when you have a guy, you know, who started out, like, with Brick... Which is a fantastic, like, drama or a uh, detective movie, like a, another mystery movie. And then this just doesn't feel, like, as impressive. Like, I'm still looking forward to anything Ryan Johnson makes. But this just is, in my opinion, the weakest of his movies that I've seen. And I think there's only one that I haven't. We've reviewed every one of the podcasts. You've definitely seen all of his movies. No, I think there was one I actually didn't see. Like, I wasn't. Oh, I was, yeah. Uh, didn't you skip? Did you not do Brothers Bloom? That's the one, yeah. See, you need to see that. It's so good. All right, I'll put it on my, my watch list. It's it's okay. Before you go, Zach, I'm just going to say ditto to pretty much what, everything he said. Mm. John, are, <gasps> I are got you a ditto-ing This as well? is so nice! What? I said, is John dittoing as well? No, I John. disagree with Ben on this one. Do you like the movie? <laughs> Wait, who are you talking to? You? Oh. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, no, I really liked it. Um, I think it was just it was a unique story. I think I re- so Tyler Huckabee, um, who is a I don't know like a entertainment writer that I follow online, says I really love the way that the love the way Ryan Johnson uses movies to explore not only deep rooted systemic generational violence, but the ways it can be undone by seemingly small acts of human compassion. A lot of directors have really big ideas about how to explore evil in film, and I don't dispute dispute that there's meat on those bones, but Johnson seems uniquely interested in how we dismantle evil through small acts of kindness and heroism, which is a much more pertinent issue. And so for all that we can say about the acting and the story and the the plot and just how the tale is un, un, unfurled, and how ever the truth is revealed, 
I think just the character of Marta is just one of the most uh, human and lovable and um, easily cheerable. Cheerable? Does that make sense? Like easy to cheer for heroines that like I've seen in a film because she takes such a low status compared to so much of the other characters in this film. But the way in which she clings to her values and clings to her belief in what is right and what is good is what makes her easily the most likable and like the true star of this film. Like Daniel, like coming out of this film, I think one of the things that I was impressed by was how much I lost Daniel Craig in the character of I for, I mean I forget his name Kentucky Fried Chicken Foghorn Leghorn uh yeah Benoit Blanc like I almost I almost forgot that I was just like oh yeah this is James Bond um that's how good of a job that Daniel Craig does you were talking about Anna De Armas <laughs> but that that's the thing it's overshadowed by just the nature of how she plays the character and also how this character is written she's just one of the best heroines I think I've seen in a film in the longest time. Maybe not, like maybe even more so than Ray, if I'm being honest. How dare you? And so I think, I think watching her try to unravel this entire mystery and try to like cling to what is good and what she know is right and do that at even at the loss or the cost of herself or um her own personal like I don't know disadvantage or detriment I think it's it's just a beautiful portrayal and I think that's the thing that makes me like it's it's a whodunit with heart I feel like and that's another thing that was kind of missing from the last whodunit I think we saw which was murder on the Orient Express Kenneth Branagh was supposed to be this like the stalwart of a character of like a, of a Sherlock or that kind of thing. But it just kind of fell flat because there was nothing to really like attach onto. Even like Sherlock had that when I, t- when you look at the BBC series, Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch plays it with so much humanity, even though that's kind of like the joke that like, does he actually have any humanity that makes, it makes it so much fun to watch. And he's, and even though he's this like, genius of a person he's so he's so fallible in the fact that like he has very bad social sense and maybe borderline on the spectrum or something like that and i and i think that's one of the other things that endears us to marta is that she's so overwhelmed and over her head by everything that's happening throughout this film and she's so persistent and she's so consistent in her good nature and her heart and that's i think that's what i just loved about this film I mean, we can't get too spoilery. I would say her good her heart doesn't come out until it does and I I feel like she's being I dis I mean, it comes out kind I'm of I'm not well, saying she's a, a a bad person. She's nothing like anybody in this family, but in her situation is a big reason she has to act the way she does. She, she, you're you're painting her as this like th- this saint of a person through i i think she's there's there's some moral complexity to her 
a little bit. She, but she, she is a good person. I'm not disagreeing with you there. But like, like you're making it seem like she's doing nothing but good for people the entire movie, and I don't know. She, she is looking out for herself in a way that she has to. But anyways, we can't talk about that. I will give my piece so we can get into spoilers. I thought this was great. I think all Ryan Johnson movies are great. I think the Ditto twins over there, their idea of the cast being underutilized, I think they were utilized perfectly, and we got the just right amount of them. There wasn't a bad beat with anybody, and I would rather have that than potentially them overstaying their welcome. Mine had mostly to do with the team-up that happens. It feels very forced and suddenly pushed into the foreground in a way mm-hmm. that didn't quite and balance. Su- and, and super suspicious. Like, that was... Uh, Lauren, I know you talked about how you kind of... Let's not even say that out. right now because you're going to say enough. something that should stay in the spoiler section. So, I really liked it. <laughs> Let's get the spoilers from here on out. Spoilers for Knives Out. So, spoilers? Mm. Sure. Spoilers. 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 All the spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. So I appreciated the fact that this movie solves the mystery. I did and as well. It, I, and it's I an, thought that was great. Like, So then what is, why do you care that the rest of the movie, like you figured, like, I, I didn't care what. But I think it also who, doesn't because there was some. Well, the rest, so like the, the. The reveal of how the murder went down is the best scene in the movie. And then after that, it just, it focuses on like the, oh, I can't let them find me thing, which is good, but it also completely sidelines Jamie Lee Curtis, Don Johnson, uh, Catherine Langford, like all of the other really they, talented actors. They all actors. get to pop back into the movie. Like, it's not like they're, they're gone like forever. Sec- they're like Like, I never thought movie. I would ever say this, but Chris Evans shows up and suddenly it's the Chris Evans movie. And I love Chris Evans, but it's like it. It, it tilts the like it's no longer balanced for me just because he it's some... needed he gets a big intro because he's important to the rest of the movie yeah he's, and then, which he's, i don't he's believe just because secondary he's as everybody else. absent too in but the i first felt third, i felt I it was say. very forced because i don't believe marta would confide in him like there's no reason she had nowhere she would else confide. to turn though but i, I feel like, like the more the believable corner. character would have been the younger daughter yeah and i think once once she kind of has that team up with Chris Evans, like John said, it's suspicious. Like it, it's pretty much like Well you, I knew You know he did it from the very beginning because of the dogs barking. Sure. Like they telegraph it from the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah, Lauren, you're way smarter than me, by the way. His name is Ransom. <laughs> he when they go into the building where she finds the the housekeeper dying american is written on the washing machines it's very obvious who did it <laughs> but yeah but i mean that Wait, what that's mean, all what do you mean american is captain america the, yeah. on the washing machine in the background it literally says american like a brand on it but but he 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 doesn't care that you can figure it out like the the the, the performance well, why does it have a why does it have a big reveal because that's scene? what this movie it's the genre in the genre, in the big reveal yeah. scene, still works. See, that was my problem, though. It's like it's a whodunit that escapes the whodunit skeleton, mm-hmm. and then realizes that later it can't escape it and has to fall back into the whodunit skeleton. Exactly. It's like, oh, we're going to do this really original. And thing. the only reason I really appreciate the latter part is because of Daniel Craig and his performance. 
and we're also gonna like it's it's this movie that tries to not adhere to like the the cliches of the genre but then it just i think it pays homage to it i won't i won't, like it can't like it acts like it's completely independent and wants to be it's this whole new thing but it's not like it for all the changes it makes uh, within that first half hour, it just turns out to be another. But I think. What do you mean? Oh, look, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can, this... you, can you elaborate on that, Ben? In terms of what you, because I found it like I was comparing this. Maybe I had this bias from the get go, but I was comparing this to the Westing game from the beginning, which was unfortunately never a film. I don't think. Yeah, but like I'm curious as how you how you think this was trying to subvert the whodunit genre because. I By think. revealing who the murderer was within half an hour. Like, oh, look, the murder solved. Now it's this game of cat and mouse that, ooh, I can't let, you know, so to me, Blanc to find me, out yeah. it's me. But then in the very end, oh, actually, wait, there is a murderer and it's, you know. Like, so to me, the problem with that is that I feel like it wasn't revealing the murderer because I think there was still an aspect. It revealed how the death happened, but... I think the fact that one, she was missing the naloxone and two, like the fact that like she notices something off with the vials, like that clearly points to foul play. So the idea isn't like who committed, who killed him. Well, obviously in you think in the first part, Marta messed up and then he killed himself to cover for her. The idea is, well, who, who set up the situation to begin with? Cause someone else was kind of pulling the strings. And so that was the thread that I was trying to follow throughout the movie as the who done it aspect. And, and I was uh, just thinking, well, let's get back to the dogs barking. Cause that's the only thing that matters. Yeah. yeah. But it's, Which, it's, again, it's not about who did it at the end it's it's about it's a whodunit but Guys, it's not we still gave it three and a half stars I know. you're acting like we think this is a shitty movie no but i'm just saying it's not about it's it's about marta's how her yes. humane she is i agree with you but yeah so then how come the ending doesn't work then like you're, you're... i'm not saying it doesn't work well because because the ending isn't about marta's humanity the ending goes back to being about there's about a Evans. mystery that needs to be solved. No, it's not. And it's about her. The whole point of Daniel Craig's speech is talking about Marta and how she knew the vials were different, and it becomes this great tragedy because he killed himself yes, when he didn't have Chris to. Evans' character tries to kill her, and it keeps forcing him to be the focus of the end. Yeah, like it just. I don't. I don't know. Just Which I love that final like, scene because the whole time I was waiting for her to throw up on him, so I was glad I got that. Yeah, like as soon as as soon as she hung up, I was like, "Oh, he's gonna confess yeah, for sure. He's gonna blow chunks." And it's one of these like, you see it coming, but you really don't mind it because it's just so good. Yeah, so it's like I don't have a problem with the ending. I just feel there's certain elements that keep it being a good movie and not a great movie for me. Exactly. It's like, and I mean, the ending isn't terrible. It's just not great. Now, instead of trying to dunk on this movie, because I don't want to do that, I think something Zach and I, and probably everyone here will agree on, is that Daniel Craig's Blanc needs another movie. Like, he, I would love a spinoff or a series of movies with this character. Yeah, I need it, and I almost don't need him to be Bond anymore, because I'm never going to not hear this voice now the, in those movies. <laughs> he's so yeah. good. Like, he's such an... It's for... An actor to step into the public life, and I know he was in whatever that one movie was beforehand. Logan Lucky. No, before before Bond. Road to Defiance. Perdition. 
Oh, was he in Road to Perdition? I haven't seen Road to Perdition. Been, he's been in a few things, I think, before Bond. <laughs> but for this to be like his, for Bond to be like his breakout role, I feel like, and to be such a titular character, but then to be able to have such amazing, engrossing performances where you can forget that he's Bond. Like he's such, he's such a talented actor. No disagreements here. This also just in general, this this cast. I, I mean, we talked about like all the. I think all the performances are great don johnson's awesome jamie lee curtis yeah for the uh, whole michael minutes they have but why, why is that a bad thing i don't like i don't think <laughs> I, I think if there's uh, michael shannon is awesome i think if there's any character who's like really underutilized in an awkward way it's unfortunately katherine langford and ricky lindholm like i half expected katherine langford to also be a bad person or like a like in she on was. it with ransom she sucked I mean, yeah. she was. She, she betrayed I mean, she, Marta. She, she, she betrayed. She, but she like, is a young girl who is being manipulated by her family. Uh, she's shown to be have a, quite a bit of agency, I think. I mean, they made it. The whole family was like hovering over her during that phone call. It made it feel like it was not her choice. I, the vibe I got was she was she was concerned about the money. Maybe not. To oh, I'm sure she was, but I don't know if she would have called her in that moment had they not been there. I, I, I agree, but I just, I still also think that, like, I don't know, she was just, like, every time Kat, she was on screen, I just, I was, there's nothing really memorable about her. Same thing with Ricky Lindholm, aside from, like, spouting some, like, uh, very depressing, like, cons- like modern conservative values at that one scene, like, I was just like, why is Ricky Lindholm in this movie? That, that was, like... Speaking of like when this film got political, especially the sequence when um, they're talking about immigration and they bring Marta in, like <laughs> that was painful. Like well, I mean, I, they're trying to make you not like the family as much as possible. Yeah, but it, it's just like it. it they it literally have a Nazi it. child. Like, but it's the same. It's that way that like again, that was one of my biggest beefs with the Last Jedi. Was like they have that scene that that that's that subplot where it's like okay rich people are just bad and it's like well i i don't need those stances or those beliefs in these movies that are not supposed to have those stances they're just supposed to be entertainment but you need that scene for this movie because you have to be against the family the whole time i think the difference between both of that though both of these films though ben is that I agree with you that it kind of came out of nowhere and it didn't really serve the plot in any meaningful way. I think the reason why this... It paints what kind of... It totally paints what kind of people these are. These people that think they're progressive people, they're really not. <laughs> they they have these... They have... I think it is very much a, a very helpful portrait of who these individuals are and additionally i think like lauren when we went and saw this film it was a matinee on a sunday i i could guarantee you maybe about 40 percent of that of the theater agreed with um ricky lindholm don johnson and nazi boy and so i think what it does is when it when it puts the main character arguably the main character i believe marta She's the main character. It's not an argument. <laughs> okay, good. Awesome. Um, I didn't know if some people would have said that like Daniel Craig's character was. When when she is put at the forefront and she's got this past where it's like, oh, she's like 
the daughter of an undocumented migrant. From 50 different countries, according to this family. Exactly. Great great running joke. (laughs) Yeah, it was. It forces those audience members to confront it. Confront the, like, well, should I, like, like, how do I feel about this character? And to a certain degree, they can't confront it properly unless they hear their own side vocalized, I feel like. And I feel like that vocalization, because even Don Johnson agreed that Jaden Martell's character was a creepy alt-right troll or whatever, and, like, agreed. But he still agreed with him on this idea of, like, immigration and that kind of also, thing. Also, it's, not, I, so it's I think- not just supposed to make you... The, the point is, if you get to know somebody... None of that other bullshit matters. They all love exactly. Marta and think she's amazing. But then you'll go and say stupid but shit about But they don't immigrants. invite her to the funeral. <laughs> you don't do... Don Johnson voted to. I want everyone to know on the record that Don Johnson wanted her there. They all voted. Who... So did Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> so did Michael Shannon. Probably Tony Clutt as well. <laughs> I, I think that... I, I don't think it says... Uh, it, I know this is a big problem for you, Ben. And as you, as you said, this isn't the first time you've had an issue with a movie getting political, but I, I think that was. I can understand it, like from a story standpoint. Yeah. Like I mean, they, they were like they that wanted the to paint movie, them in though. that light. Yeah, put it in it. I mean, and I think the like the running gag that you guys just talked about that that was a fine way of presenting that. It's like I just I don't I don't think I needed it. You know, like I just. But also, but it 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 turns this movie from a simple who done it though to. A movie that actually like confronts us with an issue that we have to recognize whether we are on one side or other about not, about not, our current society to me like to me though it feels more like it's the director being like here's my political stance okay now let's go back to the, the movie i'm showing you it's like it's like i if i think but the movie Ryan Johnson i think the movie to make a movie that told like that that its basis was his political stance and his beliefs like that's great. I'd, it'd probably be a great movie. I'd definitely go see it. But I don't like it when he's just throwing it in movies that don't need it. Like, I don't need it in Star I, Wars. I don't need it in this mystery movie, you know? I don't... But I think... so. It, just, I, it breaks the immersion for me, is all. Like, it pulls me out. I But I... So I would argue that... And again, I think one of the reasons why I like it so much is that it was like that's an inherent part and a, a crucial part of this story whereas in star wars i agree with you it did it it did pull you out and it was kind of like this is a weird commentary to get like in a movie that wasn't really talking about this beforehand but i think this is this is a key part of the movie because it's not a movie just that's like an entertaining whodunit it's a, it's a movie that's ultimately about identity and who do we include in our family um, whether we're talking about that like personally for ourselves or if we're talking about that like societally and like our quote unquote societal family. And you know, at the basic level it's still just she versus them. Yeah, it's it, the that. last shot of the movie doesn't is that much better because half of them are these. Oh my god. She was totally assholes. baby Yoda at the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I love it. It just said my house or whatever when she was sipping from that mug. Such a yeah. great moment. Well, and it's almost like a criticism that like who should be the real inheritance inheritance inheritors inheritors of like what we think is 
like the American dream that like the people who came before us, like the quote unquote greatest generation and like the boomers or whatever, like are, are sacrificed so much to build. It's the people who have that moral through line. It's not a family thing. It's not like, Oh, I deserve it because like my line has been here for forever. And it's, it's, it's about the people who honestly just want to do what is right and don't care about that in any aspect. Don't don't care about it's it's a movie about white entitlement. Yeah, yeah, what yeah, that's the interesting aspect, Ben, is that that yes, that is a blatant, like touchy political moment, but I think the more submersive subversive political messaging is John's talking about. All these people who think they're entitled to all these things when they've done nothing to earn any of it. And it's you know, like the, that, and I, I think that's fine. I just, I don't think it needs to be. But why? So but why is racism a third rail? But like talking about how people who've come to wealth and think they, through no means of their own, that that should be able to, like, those are, I, I don't know. It's, it's, we should be able to but talk I'm about curious, both those things. I'm, I'm, I'm curious how that is. So to talk about something real tangential like with what with the season of watchmen do you feel like the talks about like racial equality and like white entitlement are like like more effectively ingrained into the story than that was ingrained in this film oh much more Mu- okay. much well, much more watchmen is explicitly about that it's gonna say yeah, I mean, that's and it's like too, yeah. watchmen watchmen the thing about watchmen is it's, it's always been like it's always had a political stance i don't know i guess it's hard to explain i just i no I, sometimes they're, i like they're my different. entertainment they're to just different. be entertainment you know i mean for me it was a two minute scene that fit with the rest of the movie mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and i'm not saying this scene like ruined the movie for me i just i i was just cringing through it and like and i know that's i know that's what you're supposed to be doing you're just supposed to be like really like you're you feel uncomfortable for marta but i just well, it also just makes you, it makes you question at the end of the day whether or not they actually have her best interests at heart. Because they're promising if they, if she gives the money over to them, they'll take care of her. Yeah. But can you really mm-hmm. believe that if they feel this way about her and like just immigration and stuff on the whole? It's like, yeah. I think it, I think, like I can see when I was watching the movie, when it happened, I was like, oh, this is, this scene, this scene does kind of feel like just very saturated in something that's been a part of the movie but like i think it does actually have a purpose so it doesn't feel like it's out of place to me at all so when i saw ben gave this three and a half stars i texted him some appropriation of daniel craig's donut monologue and i said that is worth forced i tried finding it online that alone is worth (laughs) four stars Alone, right by itself, four star movie. Who knows? Like maybe now that I know what I'm getting into, I might like it more on a second watch. I could definitely see that. Like I, I don't think grandma. I'm ever. Oh, the grandma's great. She was great. Yeah, I don't think I'm ever going to be on high as high on it. I don't think I'm ever going to be on as high as it as high on it as like you or John Arzak. But I, I could see maybe giving it four stars. I don't. I definitely don't see it going down least on a rewatch i just i i still i i i still don't get what i i understand you both enjoyed the movie but i still feel like you haven't articulated what held it back for you other than predictability which i think the movie wasn't concerned about 
do care to elaborate? Well, I, think, well, I mean, I just think, because something's not concerned about it doesn't mean we won't form a certain opinion about it. And it doesn't, and it doesn't mean it shouldn't be. Like, if the movie has a mystery, it should be concerned about you know. But how, so, how something sold does not mean that's what it ends up being. And I think, I think the oh, I'm not talking about just how it's being sold in the trailers. I'm talking about like, like Lawrence said, it, it follows at the beginning. It follows the structure of a whodunit mm-hmm. then it's like oh i don't need this and then you know it you know circles back to oh wait actually i do and but a end, new you know, a new mystery arises it's solving a different mystery and it's a mystery that's honestly pretty predictable but you and you just, told me you did not know the details of the i didn't know like how it was like you know how just I didn't no, know that, just assuming it was chris evans does not mean it's predictable um, I, I think there's some interesting. I had like in, a ninety. Like, I was like ninety five percent sure it was Chris. The first scene. It's like why is the paper folded over this the, certain way? Well, because it doesn't say what it's supposed to say or what we're thinking it says. Like it's it's predictable. Yeah, the first scene after they left um, the restaurant, I was like ninety five percent sure that it was Chris Evans. And then once um, once Edie Patterson's character was found, I'm like, yeah, I'm ninety nine percent sure. Unless they pull but, some but, reveal but where it's like, oh, it was Jamie I, I Lee Curtis. I would argue Ryan Johnson wants you to think it's Chris Evans. Like, you're not the movie. You're not ahead of the movie. The movie wants you to feel this way. It's not supposed to. Like John said, after the restaurant scene, you're suspicious. He also makes it very hard. Like, in Chris Evans' defense, I think, and also in Ryan Johnson's defense, I think they also make it difficult. Because this entire time, before, before we have this very actual personal interaction with Hugh I'm gonna call him Hugh like I I feel like all we had heard about him was what other people were saying about him we hadn't gotten a clear sense and so now his interaction with Marta at the restaurant scene is really our first look personally into him and yeah it's all very convenient enough to make it suspicious but at the same time he plays it with a level of subtlety where it's just like Maybe he is just trying to do good. Like I'm, like maybe he is trying to turn over a new leaf, and maybe he it like this is the way in which he tries to. Now, as soon as he says like, yeah, no, it was no. See again, Lord. After that scene, way way smarter than I. I like. Um, I didn't know that there was gonna be another murder. I didn't know that Chris Evans was like, you know, like had a hand in the death of Christopher Plummer, but I knew he was a bad guy, and it's just like. When that when that reveal is like an hour away, or like forty minutes away, that's probably closer to fifty minutes. And it's just like I, it it taints the rest of it, you know. Like, and again, I'm not actually complaining about knowing who it was. I was fine with that. I just cared more about the emotional. Like when we find out what actually happened, the movie became something else. It found this level of heart that I was unexpecting, and I wanted to sit in that area and stick with that. And when it got back to being a murder mystery with Chris Evans and all that stuff, it's like it moved away from what I was wanting it to be. And therefore it came back to being just not great for me, but I still enjoyed it. But isn't it ultimately about that at the end too, though? That's what I'm, yeah. I think but that, for yeah, me, I think again, the at the end of the day, Chris Evans starts to steal the show with that whole final mm-hmm. scene where he tries to stab her to yeah. death. It's like, I don't need that whole second thing where there is actually something that happened again. I care about Marta and um, Harlan's character and their relationship. 
I would have rather had that and have the interesting thing about her slowly breaking down because she's not a bad person and even lying about this stuff is physically hurting her. It's like, I care way more about that than this second mystery. But yeah, I think it's it's harder because then it doesn't leave, it doesn't answer the question of who set her up. There's There's no resolution for that initial like, who set up this situation? Well, like, I mean, technically nothing was ever set up because she never gave him the wrong thing. No, it was set up still because she didn't have the naloxone. Like there was still like now, yeah, she again, she's just so That's good she didn't naloxin. give him, but like um there was definitely a foul hand at play. And I'm just saying I didn't need the second foul hand. I just I would have been fine had it just been like a drama with that but you, whole but, emotional... but then but then there, there's no resolution of the initial foul hand too i mean not all movies have resolutions it was just i was more interested in her character but she's in every scene i'm not saying there wasn't enough of her i'm just saying i don't care about the second mystery so much as just how she's moving through this situation again that's, that's interesting because that makes at it, it like i think this movie was garbage i like this movie I think everyone everyone here enjoyed this movie. Like I just I think it's interesting because I think it's we're seeing it with two different contexts where like I was constantly in who done it mode and it seemed like you were less in that perspective. Again, I really enjoyed the characters. The mystery wasn't as much important to me. So I like I really enjoyed like when the like Michael Shannon showed up at her house and just all the ways people were trying to be manipulative it's like present themselves as being these genuinely good when people they just but totally like, they not, don't actually yeah. have her interest at heart yeah. at all it's like i i love the characters which is why i am assuming ben and i both are like we could have had more of them <laughs> i don't need the worst car chase ever or whatever like that was hilarious though. That it was. The, line, the line was <laughs> well i know it's still funny but i don't think it's necessary yeah. <laughs> Like, I still enjoyed it. I'm not saying they need to cut anything. Mm. I'm just saying there's a second movie that it could have been that it's not. And I may have liked that second movie more, but I still enjoy this Mm. movie. See, what's so interesting is I feel like this movie, though, does toe the line of a quality whodunit and a a movie that is such a a deeply... um, That's so deeply invested in its characters and being almost just like a character study, too. Who was the second? The other guy who was like, what was he? Noah Segan. What? Noah Segan. The other cop. Noah Segan. Yeah, Noah Segan. I loved him. Ryan Johnson's uh, good luck. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he has been in everything, hasn't he? That's right. I love that character so much. Yeah, he was great. I think that guy, too, is like a. Like, he is. He, he's the sign that you're not supposed to take everything so serious. Like, don't not saying you or, but he, he's he's there to remind you get that's like, oh, this is all a bit of silly fun. Like, and then the who done yeah, it. Yeah, and side I had of plenty of the silly fun. Again, good, not great. That just means some things about it might not have been for me, but I'm not saying it was a bad mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, but that, I'm just my back and forth is all just like I. It sounds like we all really enjoyed the same things, and it's weird that we're yeah, so far apart from each other. Slightly enjoyed it more. <laughs> it's it's called taste. <laughs> you know, people feel differently about different things. Crazy things happen like that. I don't know. But that's what I'm saying. We feel the same. That's the weird part. No, we don't. <laughs> but feel we the don't same. feel the same completely. No, we, we've said things, and you disagreed yeah. with them. Hence, this entire yeah, but podcast. That, like that's what this. I, that's why we have this. 
<laughs> That's why we were done actually talking like 20 minutes ago, and we've just repeated yeah, the same things over and over. a circle or a donut. A donut with, with a, a donut. With a, with a hole a donut missing. Hole. A donut. But there's no donut hole that fits in, because that donut hole has another Someone find the actual quote. God damn it. Such a good line. My favorite I was, line I was, was the one where it's like, stitches. what did the Nazi masturbating in the bathroom say? Or whatever it was he said at the end. I don't remember the exact line, but it was amazing. Also, last thing. How did he know how long it would take for her to die? The, um... Or I guess he... Did he assume she was... Why didn't he just give her the whole bottle to kill her? Like, how is she still alive two hours later in that washing machine room? Yes. Did we know how much later? I guess, yeah, because he was yeah, in the Yeah, because they were originally meeting at 8, and they ended up meeting at 10, I think. Mm-hmm. The original meeting between Chris Evans and her was at 8. So why why did he know how much? Well, well I'm assuming he up? wanted to kill her, and he just didn't give her enough. So like, But he already knows how much it takes to kill yeah, someone. Apparently because he does, because... Yeah. They've talked about how much they know the doses someone's he's supposed to be getting. So it's like, he should have very clearly been able to have killed that woman. Just give her the whole freaking bottle. But I think if he gave her a little bit, it could have fucked her up. And then, like, because she implies he could have but, he could have been But he saved. would have wanted to kill her because she knows he's evil. Yeah. Like, he definitely does not want her to survive. Mm-hmm. So just give her the whole bottle. Yep. That's just one of those because uh, movie things, I guess. Yeah, because we have the thing later where he says, "Not you did it, Hugh did it," <laughs> which I think, which I think was a part of a who done it that, like one, like one of those things, Ben, that you were saying, like, a, a, like a cliche of the genre that I actually thought was, um, like really well done and very like, oh, that's so smart when I saw it. It is, it is almost like this like Sherlock Holmes or Agatha Christie type turn that's. I think a very clever. The the Hughes versus you, yeah, I thought that was good too. If you don't have the other weird mystery, you don't get the amazing donut conversation. Daniel Craig line. scene at the end of the movie, and yeah, which is really all the justification you need <laughs> for it. That's gonna do it for Knives Out. Next week, <laughs> we are flashing back to two thousand nine to do our last flashback of the year with Lauren's final pick, uh, Sam Mendes' Away We Go. Hey, and that's kind of relevant because 1917 comes out in a week, I think, too. Uh, and Maya Rudolph is always relevant. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, starring Maya Rudolph, she's, John yeah, Krasinski. She's had an upsurgence, I feel like. and uh, I, She's really come back in the public eye. She never left. She's also married to Paul Thomas Anderson, so she's always relevant. Are you serious? Yes. No. She is not relevant because of who she's married to, you man. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying it's an awesome feature for both of them i know i'm just giving you a hard time <laughs> this film stars maya rudolph and john krasinski and a bevy of uh ensemble performers as they uh follows a pregnant couple as they traverse across the country looking for a potential new home who are some of the people in there? It's got Maggie Gyllenhaal. What's the t- um, tall lady? Catherine O'Hara, O'Hara no. Allison, Janie, Jim Gaffigan. Again, uh, Melanie Linsky, Chris uh, Messina. Oh, what's her name? Uh, Melanie Linsky. She's Australian, I think. Melanie Linsky. Oh, did you already say her? Five times. She's great. Sorry. I love her, though. <laughs> um, she's amazing. She has a great scene in this movie. Uh, this is a great extremely underwatched and uh underappreciated movie i think 
did he do this before skyfall i think this was after revolutionary road a, a movie i've always loved and lauren apparently loves because maybe do you love it is that why you picked it or did you want to uh, revisit I seen it? it a while, but i did pick it because i love it yeah I did love it. I'm assuming I will still love it. Why would you assume that? You, you don't like anything anymore. Let me be. <laughs> she likes this movie. She liked Knives Out. <laughs> she hated it. I just listened to her for the last hour. She didn't she like it the way it. she was supposed to like it. Um, the no, away we go is great. John or Lauren, you have or John or Ben, have you seen it? Nope. Nope. I have not, but I know the vagina quotes in it. There's one vagina quote i think in the movie and it is great but it's like it's like the super touching one right yes krasinski has never been better than he is in this movie i am gonna whoa seriously and that's krasinski is i don't know if he's been very good in many other things um but uh he He was the office included you hate which movie do i hate a quiet place quiet Um, quiet place i thought he was good in a quiet place he was great I've heard good things about the TV show he's currently Jack Ryan, on. He's also Jack very Ryan. good in that. Yep, that one. He was better in A Quiet Place. He's the best in Away We Go. So, um, yeah. Until then, I'm Zach Oldenburg. You can find me wherever you can find at Zach Oldenburg. And you can find us at middleofrow.com. I'm Ben Grigsby. You can find me on Twitter, Letterboxd, and Instagram at the Grigsby Bear. <laughs> and... Oh, and you can find all of us on Facebook in the middle of the row. <laughs> I'm Jonathan Rahul, and you can follow me on Periscope at... No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at another Rahul J. And you can also follow us on Twitter at middle of row. And I'm the asshole. You can find me at, <laughs> on Twitter oh, at Beware of Trees. And you can find us on Tumblr Bravo. at middleofrow.tumblr.com. There's only one uh, asshole on this podcast, and everybody knows who it is. Uh, the brown one! <laughs> thanks for listening (laughs) go watch away we go and remember the best seats are in the middle of the road